For more information about the podcast you are about to hear, visit genius-podcast.com. This dramatic podcast is intended for mature audiences and contains material that may be disturbing to some. New Scotland Yard, London, 2005. And you understand you cannot leave the city until we confirm your statement? Of course. Thank you. Susan. Ah. Sabine Maury. Yes. We'll see you now. Good day. Genius by Tracy Houston. Series 1, Episode 2, Long-Range Forces and Broken Symmetries. Bromley, 1980s. Hey, Sabine, watch her. Nothing. Why are you doing that? There's a 50% chance it will be heads. Look it, what I've got. No father will go mental if he sees you with that. Heads. Again. Father's having an affair. Tails. What? No. It's true. It's been going on for a while now. Jim, watch it. It's what adults do. I don't believe you. Mother doesn't know. Nobody knows. I've only told you. Jim, stop don't it. Don't be exactly like Mother. She's blind. Doesn't want to know anything. Doesn't want to see anything. I'm trying to spare you. How do you know? Lots of things. He's been working late. The car has grassy mud on the driver's side. You know how neat he is about the car. But there's never any mud on his shoes when he comes home, so he changes them. Long grass. That's not the car park at work. He's been rambling somewhere wet. How can you be sure? I can't. I followed him. You followed father? Shh! I only did it when I was already certain. I hid in the back of the car when he went to work. You shouldn't do these things. I needed to see if I guessed right. I stayed in the car all morning, but around noon he came out with Craig, his assistant. No! And we all drove to Kensal Green Cemetery. That's what I guessed by the direction and time it took to drive. I checked the odometer in the morning and compared it with his normal drive to work. It fits. I imagine he went with Craig to the Grand Union Canal. That would explain the dried mud and grass. But Craig's his assistant. And he's a man, so they can't have had an affair. <laughs> Some men... They... No... His bum? <laughs> Do you believe me? Liar, liar, hair on fire! <laughs> I'm not sure. It's what adults do. They get it up the bum. Ow! Hey, stop it! Come with! What? No. They go there every Monday, Wednesday and Friday during lunch. We'll hide in the back of the car together. No! What if he caught us? Uh, Come on, it'll be fun. It'll be an adventure. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. I don't know. New Scotland Yard. 
So let me review. The private party at the Bistro du Cartier, a reservation had been made? That's correct. By someone named Moriarty. Are you Sabine Margaret Moriarty? Are you saying that I made the reservation? Did you? I did not. I did not make the reservation for the private party. Moriarty is not an uncommon name. Still, it's a coincidence. Correlation does not imply causation. Well... Coincidence lacks a definite causal connection. It's really just a form of synchronicity. Events occurring together such as this carry meaning only to the person observing them. Yes, but... This is where you are mistaken. While observational studies can suggest a relationship, they can never establish cause and effect. Consider the probability paradox. The larger the set of coincidences, the more your certainty rises and the more it appears that there is a cause behind the effects of this large set certainty of random coincidental events. Okay, well... Now, probability, not coincidence, is where you should focus your efforts. You could make use of continuous probability distributions. Well... Now, Scotland Yard should seriously consider this. It would streamline your investigations, sharpen your focus, and waste a lot less time. Thank you. Would you confirm this is your contact information? Should we need another statement from you? This is my card. Give it to your superior. I'd be delighted to explain this in more detail. Bromley, 1980s. Keep an eye on the house. I'll open the car quietly. Mother's clearing table. See, as small as you can, punch up. Shh, take the blanket. Get yourself covered. Okay. Have a good day at work, love. Oh, you know. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Shh! He's coming. Westminster Bridge, 2005. Sabine, my love, how absolutely exquisite to see you. Jim, how are you? Westminster Bridge, so iconic. Is this a symbolic sign of a brother-sister rapprochement? <sighs> but we could have met at your flat. I'd rather meet in public. <laughs> and you decided not to bring your gun this time. I'm touched. Scotland Yard wanted to interview me today. About the fires? Oh, outrageous! Shh, Jim! You promised that you'd keep me out of it. You're right. Sorry about that. I'll have a word. And he was there. He? Sherlock Holmes. <gasps> really? In for questioning. My, my, someone is finally doing their job at the Met. I'm so surprised. You knew about this, didn't you? Well, you said he was upset at the death of the fire commissioner, so it's only right that someone should pay for it, isn't it? You set him up! A whisper in the right person's ear goes a long way. What do you mean? See this. 221B Baker Street. Scotland Yard will call on Sherlock Holmes. But he didn't do it. Oh, he's a clever one. He'll find his way out of it. I honestly have no idea why he insists on aiding the police all the time. This should teach him. No, this is absolutely... Oh, before I forget, a petit cadeau for you, dear sis. For all the help you've been with everything. What? 
take it, take it. We haven't spoken in so long, and I've missed several birthdays and Christmases. A ring? Did you keep the one Anthony gave you? I always thought his stone was a bit chintzy. A month's salary, they say. This isn't from the Appleman's heist, is it? Of course not. How crass. I bought it with my own bread and butter money, thank you very much. This is an engagement ring. I, I don't... Perhaps funded by the heist? Who knows where money comes from these days? Jim, this is beyond the pale. I wanted to make it up to you in a grand way, get you the diamonds you deserve. This this is not... Take it back. The arsons. You, you know, they, they were fun. Not like the heists, extortions, assassinations. Us, us working together. It felt arts and craftsy, bespoke. Now lives are at stake. People getting killed. That's value. See you, sis. No, 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 no. Kensal Green Cemetery, 1980s. Damp after all the rain. I don't care. James. We're here. I told you. Kensal Green Cemetery. I'm sore. Come on, let's follow them. No, what if they catch us? Don't you want to see Father have an affair? In the bum? It's what adults do, Beanie. They have affairs. Shh. Okay. Where do they go? It's like hunting. You've got to be sneaky. Get behind the hedge. Uh. <gasps> Look! There! Mm. Oh, my. Daddy. They're having an affair. We, we shouldn't watch. Let's go back. This is mental. Jim! I'm going back to the car. Jim! I don't care. Hey! Hey, you! Jim! Son of a... Why, you pervert! Come back here! I'll kill you! No, James, stop. No! I'm gonna fucking kill you! You little pervert! You sick little! James, calm down! Shh! People will see! Fucker! Stop it! You'll kill him! You sick little pervert! If you say anything to anyone about this, I will make your life a living hell! I will crush the life out of you! Do you understand? Yes, sir. Let's go. But we can't just leave him here. Yes, we can.
New Scotland Yard. Thank you for coming to the second interview. We appreciate your cooperation with this investigation. Everything you say today is informal and off the record. I'd like to get your impressions of the events that led up to the explosion on July 15th. Your statement says that you are at the Bistro de Cartier? Correct. Can you tell me again who was with you? Sherlock Holmes and John Watson. They were patrons. It was a private party. Just the two men? That's right. Do you recollect meeting Fire Commissioner Rupert Harrow? Oh, yes. He was in the building across the street when the explosion occurred. Was Sherlock Holmes in the restaurant the entire time? Did you hear him discuss anything with the fire commissioner? Yes. I mean, yes. Did Sherlock Holmes and the fire commissioner... How did they appear to you? I don't understand. Did they have any words? Any disagreement? No. They spoke with each other about the fires, about numeric codes. Did Sherlock Holmes at any time try to coerce or insist that Commissioner Harrow enter the building at 9 Ivymount Road? What do you mean? We have reason to believe that Sherlock Holmes may have set all four fires. I don't think so. It's alleged that he may have wanted to kill Commissioner Harrow by leading him to 9 Ivymount, then detonating an explosive. No. He didn't want Harrow to go in. He tried to discourage him. Harrow wouldn't listen. Sherlock Holmes is known to the police. We have reason to believe that he is behind this. We've had some credible information. A tip. Right. Are we done here? Uh, You have the information from my previous statement. I can't help you. Well, um... I had hoped you called me here to explain how the Met could best apply probability distributions of real-valued random variables. But clearly you have everything figured out on your own. Randolph Avenue. (sighs) Hello? Yes? Sabine, is that you? Aidan, don't tell me I have to go for a second interview. I got a call yesterday from Scotland Yard. Oh. They wanted to know about July 14th when you came to visit Llewellyn Ross. They did. I told them that we had you in for an interview. Good. Sabine, why does Scotland Yard want to know about this? I don't know. I told them that when I spoke to you, you didn't know about the fires. Which fires? That string of malicious fires across the city. Those, right. You didn't know about them, did you? I first heard about them through you. Is there something I need to know, Sabine? You're not in any trouble, are you? I'm fine. What's going on? Why am I talking to the police about you? Never mind. They won't trouble you anymore. They've been given someone else to bother now. I'm worried about you. I don't want to cover for you like I did in uni. Uh, When did I need you to cover for me? I did all the work. Oh, yeah. Your work was brilliant, and that's why I made excuses. Name one. All those times you didn't read? Skived lectures, the vice-chancellor's car. But every paper, every assertion was mine. But you were so close to getting sent down yourself. So please, Sabine, let me know if you're in any kind of trouble. I'm fine. Are you? Thank you, Aidan. Bye. New Scotland Yard. Thank you for cooperating with our investigation, Mr. Holmes. I am delighted to be of assistance However... I regret to inform you that you are being considered a person of interest in this case. I see. And that your complete participation is required. Be assured of it. 
you claim that the fires were a numeric code that spelled Moriarty. Indeed. Montague, Ormiston, Ramillies, and Ivymount. Yeah. But that only spells Moriarty. Moriarty discontinued the arsons once he knew the code was broken. There would have been four more fires had I not acted. A code? Well, how lucky then that you arrived on the scene when you did, after only four buildings burnt. The damage would have been less significant if Fire Commissioner Harrow had thought to contact me sooner. But, Mr. Holmes, what if the fires happened to be at Twickenham, Wentworth, Alders, and Temple Roads? That spells twat. I am aware. At least that's a word. Maury doesn't mean anything. Explain once more how you came to know the street numbers. At all three sites, there was a white slip of paper, each identical to the next, all with the same number, 46991927. Each number corresponding with... Do you not find it odd to find a piece of paper highly flammable at the site of what were still smouldering ruins? This is the very thing that seized my attention. Your attention. No one else's. That's right. Perhaps they were planted there. Perhaps you planted them there. I was accompanied at all times by Fire Commissioner Harrow and my colleague, Dr. John Watson. One of whom is your colleague, and the other of whom is now dead. It is very hard for us to credit your story, Mr. Holmes. Perhaps you would be better served cross-examining the woman running front of house at the Bistro de Cartier that evening. She is no longer a person of interest in this case. I see. Baker Street. Hello? Anybody there? Hello? The door is open. Hello? Bromley, 1980s. We've got stroke enough tonight. Hands washed, Sabine? Yes, Mummy. And where's Jim got to? There's no pudding for tardy Marty's. God only knows, Rosamond. No point in keeping dinner. If he can't show up on time, he'll just have to go to bed hungry. But I'm worried about him. It's after dark. He would normally be back. Rosamond, we have to talk about Jim. Well, we are. As you said, he's not normally late. He's behaving strangely. I think... I think there's something wrong. Oh, my dear God. Boys... Boys that age, you know, they get ideas. They start thinking. He said some things to me. I don't understand. I don't want to upset you, but I thought you should know. What do you mean? He's accused me on several occasions. Sabine, why don't you clear away the dishes, my darling? Yes, Daddy. You can bring out the trifle. Accused me of being involved with Craig. Involved? Yes. Yes, it's, it's preposterous, but I let it go. Involved? Boys like Jem get obsessive and hormones cloud their judgment. It's natural. A time of experimentation, testing boundaries. It's what boys his age do. But I worry he might mention it and, well, 
We're used to Jim's dramas, but Craig... Craig's fiancé! Exactly. I love Craig, the best intern I've had, and I'd hate to drive him away with the scandalous phantasms of a prepubescent boy. If Jim got out of control, we couldn't put Craig's fiancé through that. People will start to fabulate, and fabulation becomes rumours, and rumours become the truth. Oh, my dear. Poor Craig. One moment. Uh, Sabine, dear. (laughs) Rosamond, this is difficult, I know, but I think it's time we take some steps. What do you mean? I don't know. We should consult with more doctors, perhaps send him away. Send him away? There are treatments, measures we could take. More serious than all this useless chatter with psychologists and therapists. But he's done nothing wrong. Sabine, you can take your trifle upstairs to your room. Yes, Daddy. Baker Street. Oh, hello there. Montague, Ormiston, Ramillies, Ivymount, Avebury, Ristoran, Thaxton, York. Ha! He mapped it all out. But it comes with me. You don't lock your door. I often forget my keys and I am no hand at picking locks. But anyone can walk in from the street. Not without a reason. What were you doing at Scotland Yard? I confess that is what I'm trying to determine. Ever frustrating, they wouldn't listen to me. I told them that they might gain some insight if they spoke with you instead. Oh? You came up with the code. The street addresses. Eight digits that correspond with the UPCE barcode. I noted at the restaurant by the register you had been working on a mathematical computation. You sussed that out. That's nice. You must be very good at Sudoku. I don't care for it. I assured Scotland Yard that, given time, I would locate our antagonist. Our antagonist? You were at arm's length. But I am certain that you are not the grand engineer of the plan. You're a mathematician, left-handed, highly skilled, well-paid. The Christian Dior scarf you gave me to stanch my wound. Fall collection, 2003. Easily 300 pounds. Not the stuff of restaurant waitstaff. It didn't match your outfit. Thrown on at the last minute, when you were suddenly commissioned to host at the bistro, clearly you weren't part of the original plan. The explosion caught you off guard, shocked you. Our antagonist is not keeping you apprised of his actions. And this makes you angry. Especially the murder of Harrow, most insensitive. The death of an innocent. Not what you expected. That was a betrayal, especially for someone as loyal as you. You're sentimental about family. The heirloom men's watch, a memento of a grandfather. Perhaps a favorite uncle. Longines, chronograph, pilot's watch, 1940s, a war hero. Hardly the fashionable accessory. And who would wear a watch that needs winding these days? Or why have a watch at all when you have a mobile device? And now you enter my flat while I am out when there is nothing for you to gain from this interaction. Fascinatingly contradictory. 
Bromley, 1980s. Don't linger, sweetheart. Your mother and I have to have a chat. Yes, Daddy. Rosamond, I'm sorry. Calm down. You want to send him to a mental home? For treatment, to help him. There are some programmes involving electroconvulsive therapy. Jim, no, absolutely not. It might set his brain right, give him some relief. Shock therapy is for animals. Animals! He's having homosexual fantasies and projecting them onto people, Rosamond. Where'd he get these deviant fantasies? We can't ignore it any longer. It will only get worse. He's just a boy. I can't bear to think. I knew you wouldn't take this well. He needs a firm hand. Discipline. We can't wait until he hits puberty. He's already obsessed with perversions. We've got to act now. Poor, poor Jim. It will help him. Think of Sabine. We can't ruin her life by allowing this to go on. We don't want a repeat of that stunt with the cooker. She's not safe around him. Baker Street. Are you trying to threaten me? I was about to ask the same of... Sorry I'm late, Sherlock, but as I was walking up the street... Oh. You must remember my colleague, John Watson. I do. Oh. Hello. Much to my surprise, this evening I returned home to discover Susan... Sabine. Sabine. Sorry. Sabine, from the bistro, here. Sherlock, give me that. It's loaded. I'm afraid that would be ill-advised. I know who you are. I know you know who I am. I even know that you know that I know, but we are in mixed company, so we have to speak aloud. Who will be the one to say it, then? I would suggest that since I have my colleague's service revolver, I currently have the advantage. Sherlock. Your friend is unnerved. Give me the gun, Sherlock. I'm aware. John, if you want to leave us, Susan, Sabine and I have much to discuss. But... (laughs) John, a message. My mobile. On the table. Don't. Don't answer it. And who is it? It's not important. Is it someone you know? You know who it is. I do. But you said before that we had to speak aloud for John's benefit. You won't kill me. I might. But then you must know that too. Sherlock, what do I... Stand well back, John. You won't do it. You're stalling. I'm savouring it. Me too. Sherlock, what? No. (laughs) Sorry about the desk. Not a problem. Why did you threaten me like that and then hand me this opportunity? You know why. I'm actually not sure. I think you might have wanted to kill me. Who's the text from, Sabine? I think I am going to kill you. Sabine! Sherlock! My God! Stand away, John. I liked mine better than yours. Yes. You were quite good. You don't need to read those texts. No. Not interesting. But this was. Yes. I'll see myself out. Thanks. Here's your gun. Are you all right? Let me look at your ear. 
you're bleeding. Minute plaster shrapnel. Do you know who that was? I do. But that's not interesting. Jim! What's happened? A what? I picked you these from the side of the carriageway. It's past bed. Did you see Father and Craig? Wasn't it incredible? Shh! Daddy's very upset. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> that was OTT. I saved you pudding. Oh, thanks. I think Daddy's going to punish you. What a toffee. He talked of more doctors and hospitals and all sorts of terrible... He told Mother? He said you're telling stories. I am not, am I? You saw it! You saw it! Saw Craig and Daddy having an affair! Having bum sex! Say it! Say it! I did! He said that the doctors were going to shock you. He wants to send you away. That's not good, is it? No. I walked 22 and a quarter miles today. I got to walk alongside the carriageway. But that was... That was such fun, wasn't it? An adventure. Did you enjoy it? Did you have fun, Beanie? Yes. It was great fun. An adventure. Good night, sis. Thanks for saving pudding. You should at least put a plaster on your ear. The wound, the merest of trifles, a scrape. I hold the restorative properties of fine brandy with much more regard. Aren't you even a little concerned? She was trying to kill you. I'm not certain of it. But she shot you. No. Yes. No. Yes, I saw it. Your ear. Mm. She was aiming at your head. She wasn't. Ugh. She's an excellent shot. Her gun handling and the way she disarmed me belied training. She was familiar with the gun. But I... She recognised the scent of gun oil, could tell that it had been recently oiled. Therefore, she could reason that the gun is regularly maintained, calibrated. She was trying... She clearly noted the bullet holes in the wall where I had been doing my target practice. And she again correctly assessed it was your pistol and that these meticulous details would matter. She was aiming the gun... At your head. She pointed it at the wall next to my head. Well, you might have moved. I wouldn't have. But if you had... I would be dead. Yes, John, all right. I see what you were trying to say in that ham-fisted and inarticulate way of yours. I constructed an educated guess based on ample evidence. You know as well as I do that I am not wrong about these things very often. So I am quite prepared to stand behind my assertion. And pay the ultimate price if you turned out to be wrong. I deserve it then. John, your sensationalism is unbecoming. The ultimate price, my goodness me, where's your sense of fun? Somewhere else. In any case, someone is on the stairs. Another visitor? I can barely contain myself. Must be Scotland Yard. Coming to arrest me. Police, open up. What do I do? Answer it by all means. It's not locked after all, and I have no wish to witness how long it would take them to discover that. 
We're here for Sherlock Holmes. Good evening, gentlemen. I see that the Met continues with its assertions that it was I who started those fires, despite no evidence other than fusque at criminis. Mr. Holmes, we have a warrant to search the premises. I imagine you do, authorised by the Sergeant-at-Arms, no doubt. Well, uh... Please, feel free. I see you have wasted no time. Are you looking for anything in particular? No, no, no. Oh, but you are. Your officers are scanning the wall. Your eyes are drawn there too. And they seem unduly fascinated by my cartography pins, caliper and protractor. Perchance you're looking for a map? Uh. A map with diagrams on it that I use to plot the arsons? Your officers seem certain of what they're looking for. I have no map, gentlemen. Wait, where'd it go? Please do not interfere with the investigation. Ah. May I suggest instead this tome on Pythagorean numerology? I found it instrumental in divining how the addresses were derived. We're looking for items of interest to the case. I see. You refuse to consider this avenue despite being inopia probatio. In the interest of full disclosure, I did possess a map fitting that very description, but it has been stolen. Stolen? What? Do not lock the door, you see. Although I am starting to consider it. I had entertained contacting the Met, but I assumed you find the reported theft of a map insignificant. Imagine my surprise, then, when it appears that such a map is the very thing that you are searching for. Am I to understand that you had a map with that information on it and it's missing? It pains me, as I had planned to use it to present my findings on the use of Pythagorean numerology and the street names to Scotland Yard. I suppose I shall have to redraw it. You're serious? Sir? All right, stand down. You'll be hearing from us, Mr. Holmes. Thank you. I will set upon duplicating the map straight away. Hyde Park Cafe, London. Would you like some more tea? No, thank you. Would you like to see a menu? I'm waiting for someone. Ah. Okay. Oh, here you are. Did you want a menu? I know where you were, Beanie. I know where you were. I'm very upset. Where was I? Don't be difficult. You went to his flat. You went to visit at his flat. What was that about? Why did you go? None of your business, Jim. Of course! It's my business. Why did you go to him? What did you go to him for? I don't understand. Sabine, you're making me angry. Why did you go to Sherlock Holmes? I can't make it any clearer. You have no business with him. No business. He had my scarf. He took it after the fire. Don't lie to me, Sabine! Don't even try. I know everything about you. I see everything you do. I know what you're thinking. I hear your every thought. I'm watching you. You know that. You threw the scarf out in the day's rubbish. Why? You loved that scarf. Was it not worth a dry clean? We just had to be rid of it, as it was an unpleasant reminder. Of what? Of one of your darling brother's memorable escapades? Of the death of an officious bureaucrat you'd never met before that day? It had his blood on it, didn't it? His Blood. Madam, is this man bothering no, you? No, I'm so sorry. This will pass. Just let it pass. I can call the police. No, no, I'll pay for everything. I'm so sorry about this. Jim, why don't we leave them? I'm not finished, Beanie! I need to know why you visited Sherlock Holmes. I told you. You took the map! You stole the map! Don't 
Don't lie to me. The police wanted that map. It proved that he started all the fires. They were looking for it and you put it in your coat. You took it home and you hid it, you terrible, terrible girl. Did you think you could lie to me? How could I ever think you loved me? You messed with my plans! You can't do that! You don't do that to me! I won't have it! I'm not interested in your plans. I could kill you right now. In front of all these people, I'm so angry I could do it. It'd be easy. Jim, I understand that you are upset, but you're making people very worried. Try to stay calm. He doesn't mean it! He gets like this. It's all right. I'm so sorry. It's going to pass. Please don't call the police. Thank you. I'm not happy, Sabine. I know. Why don't you wait outside while I settle up? You said you didn't want any part of it. You did. And now this. Now this. Hi there. I'm so sorry. Charge everything to me. That's right. The dishes, everything. I'm so very sorry. What's going on? What's going on, little girl? Why did you rubbish the scarf? Jim, if you're going to be like this, I'll have to leave. It was covered in his blood, Beanie. His blood. Did that bother you? Is that why you had to see That's him? That's enough, Jim. Goodbye. Don't call him anymore, Sabine. You know this won't end well. Genius Series 1 is presented without advertising. Please consider a contribution at genius-podcast.com to help us recover the costs and produce a second series. Genius is written by Tracy Houston. The Genius Company of Players are Sarah Marchand as Sabine Moriarty and others, Mitchell Cohen as Jim Moriarty, Gary Elliott and others, James Loy as Sherlock Holmes and others. Amir Sama Nakjavani as John Watson, Anthony Bryce Jones, and others. James Malik as Gregson, Mr. Moriarty, Mycroft Holmes, and others. Calder Levine as Aidan Raftery, and others. Siobhan Galpin as the narrator, Mrs. Moriarty, and others. Matt Dawson and Natalie Darbison performed various voices. The series was produced, directed, and edited by Rob Langford and recorded by Rob Langford and Natalie Darvison. Tracy Houston designed and edited the sound, and Virgil Rockford composed the original music. Sherlock's violin was played by Tony George. Visit us at genius-podcast.com. <laughs>